Wow. I'm really doing a podcast. That's deep. What up? Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever it is that you're listening to this. Um, Thank you for joining me on the very first episode of my brand new podcast, The Wow That's Deep Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Sean Vincent, a.k.a. Vince, a.k.a. Rec308 on my Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for joining me today. And this shit is really deep, Um, (laughs) y'all. I'm really surprised that I went ahead and did this. Um, it's been a long time coming. A lot of my friends, some students, uh, my family members have pushed me to step outside of my comfort zone and, and do a YouTube channel, a vlog, a podcast, something. Apparently, a lot of people think I'm a funny motherfucker and that my life is really interesting in addition to just me being crazy and offering a different perspective most times. So this is something new. I've been toying with this idea for a few years and I'm finally stepping out and doing this. It is... December 31st, about 6 p.m. on 2019. This is really crazy, y'all. We about to step into a new decade. And so I wanted to cap off this year with new beginnings as opposed to waiting to the top of the next year that's coming in about six hours now. Um, Because I wanted to just do it, you know, um, and not procrastinate. So I thank you all for being here. Time is the most precious resource that you have. Um, because it's a portion of your life that you'll never get back and you are choosing to share that with me here. And so I'm greatly appreciative of that. And, um, I'm happy that you decided to click this link, however you found it at this point, you're probably wondering, okay, so what is this podcast about exactly? Um, good question. It's about me in essence It's about my life It's about my crazy erratic thoughts that I have. Um, it's about social commentary. It's about love from an alternative perspective. I am a 28-year-old black man in Chicago who practices polyamory, uh, who also has been diagnosed with severe major depressive disorder and anxiety. I know, right? So a lot of my my viewpoints on the world are um, alternative to what a lot of people may deem as uh, traditional or standard. And so just in conversations with people throughout the years, they've always been told, like, man, you know what? You, sh- you should share that thought somewhere. You know, I just wasn't sure what the best way to do it. And so, thankfully, podcasting is a new phenomenon in the past few years, and it's kind of given me a, a way to get some of those thoughts out to the world to people who give a fuck. So, this is cool. I'm excited for this. For my people that are into astrology, let me go ahead and read off some shit from my chart right now because I know at some point it's going to come up like, let's to this nigga. Um, so my son is in Virgo, my Leo is in Venus, I'm a rising Scorpio, and my moon is in Aries. So those are like the core situations going on here. Makes for some interesting conversations sometimes. I, you know, when it comes to astrology, I don't exactly know where I stand on it. I think sometimes there seem to be some patterns to play out, but, um, I wouldn't say that it's law, but I know a lot of people care about that. So I just wanted to shoot that out there into the airwaves. I also bring that up because I know a lot of stereotypes are out there about Virgos that we're like 
rigid and organized and strategic. I am not that Virgo. I'm going to tell you that right now. You're going to see that on this podcast. A lot of my thoughts will seem to be a disarray and tangential in nature and kind of all over the place. And so if you're looking for like a really structured ABC rollout of conversation and format in a podcast, this ain't for you. I'm just going to be straight up with you. I'm all over the place. Um, That's just the way that my mind works. So just a little disclaimer in case you're looking for a different flavor of Kool-Aid on a podcast. At this point, I want to lay out some disclaimers, some expectations, uh, just so you all kind of know what's going on. Right now, I'm using my Samsung Galaxy earbuds to speak to you all and record this podcast. I do intend on getting a higher quality um, microphone in the very near future, but like I said, we're talking about just doing it, y'all, and getting the ball rolling. So I just wanted to start now, not, um, you know, I didn't want to wait on having the proper equipment and being in the right location. I don't have like a sound booth or nothing like that. Right now, I'm using my, my little guest room right now to record this. So just full transparency. But stick in with me, hang in there because better audio is coming. I know that my background can be distracting sometimes. I have this fuck ass next door neighbor with this extremely loud dog that barks from sun up to sundown and so you may hear some cameos from uh folks in the next door but hang in there with me if you can get past this i promise you i promise you it's a journey and you'll appreciate the process that much more as far as what you should expect as um, a schedule of episodic rollout i don't know yet if i'm gonna do a weekly or bi-weekly Um, I'm going to try to get in where I fit in. I'm just going to be straight up with you. I don't exactly know. It depends on what my time is. But lucky for you, I just quit my job a few weeks ago. (laughs) I did. I'm sorry if this is the way you just found out that I I quit my job. Um, Family in particular. But I did. Trust me, it was for good reason, great reason. Um, I don't want to get into the the specifics of that because I don't know who's listening. But I had to tend to my health and they were not being at all supportive. In that, so that's all I'm gonna say about that note. My folks in student affairs and higher ed, keep your head up, keep your head up. I'll be back in the game soon, but I am tending to my health right now. But yeah, I don't know just yet on the frequency that these are gonna come out, but I will try, I will try to stock up on some content to just drop when I can. Um, so just check back frequently, and you know, some gems will be there. As far as who will be joining me on this this uh, this podcast on a recurring basis, it will be an audience. As far as who will be hosting this podcast, it will be me, myself, and I. Uh, this entire group of people on pretty much on a, a consistent basis. I do plan on having some guest um, hosts with me on you know every now and then, depending on the topic. And depending on the availability of folks' schedules, there are a few people I know for sure I want to tap on their shoulder to have on here because I just think they have a lot of great things to, to bring to the conversation um, about love, about mental health. Um, I'm also a retired spoken word uh, aficionado and artist. So um, every now and then we will have some, some features of poetry, either from some of the homies or, you know, I'll drop some some of my old joints from my personal collection. So that's going to be cool. I, I think the arts are important to, to keep alive. Uh, I feel like it's been a sharp decline in 
um, how people have taken to or gone into the craft of spoken word. And it hurts me because I do love it. Even though I'm not out here actively doing it myself, I do appreciate it when others do. So I'm going to try to add to a little bit of a revival on this podcast by giving some folks time to just do what they do and, and rip the mic. Content wise, a lot of it is going to be what I'm going to call open space. I know you like side eyeing people who know me personally know what open space is, but open space is a time for just candid conversation um, and trying to be as transparent as possible with myself. And so whether there's a, um, you know, a certain event that fucked me up and triggered my thoughts and I just kind of want to process that. Um, reflecting on a past experience, processing a thought or a feeling, that's that's what open space is going to be. And so that can be, that can deep dive. And so that that's probably the portion where I'm going to have my, my guests into. Um, we'll see about future pre-production and how that goes. But I'm just giving you a loose idea of what I'm expecting. Here's a fact about my, my living. So I stay in a two flat in Englewood. Um, on 71st Street. And I live in the first unit. My second unit um, is occupied by my grandmother who owns the entire two flat. Um, my grandmother just turned 90 years old, y'all, on December 14th. I'm just going to give her a little round of applause because I'm so grateful and thankful to still have her here with me. She's originally from Picayune, Mississippi, which is like the middle of fucking nowhere in Mississippi, y'all. Born to sharecroppers, um, she worked in the cotton field. She will have you thinking that she like endured slavery. I mean, but sharecropping, damn near pretty close. So, in any case, she moved up to Chicago um, when she was 16. She got married to my grandfather, and they came up right before the murder of Emmett Till. So it's ironic that we stay right here on 71st, um, which namesake, uh, which is namesake of Emmett Till, Emmett Till Road. So. Um, I will definitely be tagging her in for some conversations. I think the voice of our elders is super important to, to listen to. There's a lot of wisdom there. And there's a lot of funny shit that comes out of a 90-year-old black woman's mouth. <laughs> I promise you. And she has no filter. If you know uh, my Jima, you know that she don't care if she's knowing you for your entire life or she just met you yesterday. She's going to talk to you the exact same way. Super sweet lady, but also... No holds barred when she just get in her conversation back. So Convos with Christine is a segment that uh, will be um, will be coming. Not today, not for this episode, because she's she's outstanding with my my auntie right now. But um, the next episode for sure, we definitely gonna dig into some stuff from uh, Christine. And that's my intro. That's my overview of what's coming. I hope that you all um, have had your attention grabbed by that their content i'm completely flexible too so if you all have suggestions you have things that you want to see or rather hear on this podcast content wise um or structurally some things i should consider let me know um this shit is really just a hobby for me right now i don't i don't plan to take this to be like top 10 podcasts in the world you know what i mean so this is just a, a kick it space and I'm, I'm not sensitive at all, if you all have uh, ways that I can improve this, because at the end of the day, you listening to it, right? This is for me, but it's also for you as listeners. So without further ado, episode one of Wow, That's Deep Podcast is now underway. Strap in.
My Poly. What is My Poly? So if you hear me say My Poly, I'm really just referring to the state of my love life, relationships, my dynamic, whatever. And so that's what people within the community will say, like, can you describe your poly? What is your poly like? Whatever. So my poly is in a period of transition right now. Um, me and my most recent partner that I refer to is Judy. Judy and I were together for damn near three years. And it was just about six o'clock on New Year's Eve. In about six hours, it would have been three years if we were still together. <laughs> so we broke up uh, like a month and some change ago. So I'm definitely in a period of grievance, uh, in a period of transition from that relationship. We were cohabitating. We were in conversations about kids, uh, about being married one day. And so that relationship is, you know, at the end of that chapter has been reached. And so um, trying to figure out what an, the future looks like, I'm in a period of transition, just straight up honest with you. Um, but while we were together, the dynamic was such that we, we were not doing group relationships. It wasn't like me and Judy and then we were dating someone to come and be like a member of a, a triad or something like that. That wasn't what we were on. My bad. Forgot to do some quick definitions of key terms for you. Uh, so polyamory, part of speech, noun, defined by me in my own words as the philosophy or practice of having more than one romantic partner at a time simultaneously with the consent and knowledge of all parties involved. Polyamory. Check it out. Another word, um, polygamy. Polygamy is also a noun. That is not the same as polyamory. Polygamy is the practice of having more than one spouse, more than one marriage at a time. And oftentimes in the Western context, you're looking at polygyny where there is a man and multiple wives and those wives are servient to him. Um, those wives do not have other partners. They are just with this man. So please do your research um, on those two words. The internet is free. Google is a thing. So back into it. Another word, triad. A triad refers to a type of group relationship dynamic in which there are three people. Tri means three. There can be, you know, a man and two women. There can be three women. There can be three men. There can be gender fluid and gender queer people within this. As long as there are three people who are in relationship with each other, that is referred to as a triad. There are closed triads where they're just in relationship with each other. There are open triads where there may be outside relationships in addition to that group dynamic. There are many forms of polyamory. So as I'm discussing my poly in this segment, um, please be aware that everybody's relationship dynamics are different. Um, and so don't make assumptions about how someone's relationship looks just because they disclose to you that they are polyamorous. That's important to know. So getting back to the conversation. I was dating separately at a separate relationship and she had also the autonomy to date and have separate relationships show if she desired to do so. Um, and so that's kind of how we were coming, just keeping things separate but equal. Hold the, the segregation joke, please. It's 2019. Um, <laughs> but that's just how we were, we were doing it. We weren't doing a group relationship, so I just want to make that clear. I had a long distance relationship as well um, when I was with Judy. And I'll get into in a later episode the attempt that me and this person made to have a triad or 
more more of an open triad relationship. That was a crash and burn. <laughs> we can get into the specifics of that. I, I think it was more about the parties involved than it was the actual dynamic. But we'll get into that in another episode. I promise you, I'll also go in depth about um, some relevant things about the relationship with me and Judy in another episode too. Because it's again, it's all relevant content. But the main thing to know is that with Judy, we were we were dating separately and we intended to to be that way going forward in the future even though we were what people describe as um nesting partners nesting being like you think of birds in a nest living together um, we were cohabitating and so the idea is that we would have a home together but we would also have relationships outside of that now naturally the next question that people ask me when I, when I mentioned that, yeah, I was living with someone or intended to live with someone long term, it's like, so how does that date when, I mean, how does that work when you have a date and another person wants to come over? You got a relationship and you know, another person wants to come over, right? Interesting shit. The way we talked about working it out is that the plan would always to make sure that wherever we live, it was it was spacious, right? We got multiple bedrooms in the place, so it's not like a one bedroom kind of situation or whatever. And that we have our room and then there's a, a neutral space slash guest room, you can speak. And in the event that you know you have an overnight visit with someone in your relationship or whatever, um wherever you're spending your time, you're not spending in our room. It's this neutral space. And so that's that's the way we had set up our future proofing of, of the place that we looked at. So we had a, a guest room. The next most frequently asked question when we get into cohabitation and shit in future is like, what are you going to tell your kids? And people always give me this crazy ass look, this what the fuck face when I say, I'm going to tell the truth. <laughs> it's like the truth, nigga. What? You're gonna you're gonna tell them about polyamory? Absolutely, absolutely. We we gotta stop lying to kids and trying to to shield them from shit. Something is only taboo when you make it foreign, a foreign concept. You hear me? And so, I will always be upfront and tell my children, um, and try to use layman terms. Of course, when we're talking about polyamory, is not as this non-standard. Or not as this um this weird thing. And if you introduce them to kids as something that should be accepted and viewed just as a different way of living, but no less than anyone else's, they'll get that. Um, so that's just a long story short. I, we can talk about that for days too, maybe at a later time. But the plan was just to be honest, motherfucker. Like, that's it. Another frequently asked question that I get, um, or more so a statement, is that people are like, I'm pretty sure that you're only poly because no one, you haven't met the right one, basically. You haven't met someone that satisfies all of your needs. Don't you think that you would rather be monogamous um, if you just came across the, the right woman who met you mentally, physically, spiritually, 
uh, had all these things that you want in a woman? My answer to that is just simply, no, you, you are misunderstanding. And that's okay. I understand why that is the conception. There's this, this thinking of someone only practice, practices polyamory from a deficit model perspective. You're lacking something as a partner. And therefore, I have to go make up or compensate for what you lack by seeking that in someone else. No. This is, um, <laughs> this is oversimplifying things, but I'll, I'll give you the analogy that I use. And disclaimer, no, I'm not reducing human beings to food, but I'm going to use food because I'm fat motherfucking. I love to eat. Um, some days I like chicken. Some days I like pizza. Some days I like steak. Some days I like crab, right? Um, you may have, you may even have a favorite food so to speak. doesn't mean that you don't enjoy those other things, right? Um, and and that's kind of where what it kind of is like with polyamory. Just because you're dope and I enjoy you and I love you doesn't mean that I don't also have the capacity to enjoy, like, and love someone else. People who have children, people who have multiple children, you love your kids. You love all your kids. You don't have to decide and say, I love this kid. Because I love this kid, I don't love this other one. Your friendships are the same way. You have friends. You make, and a lot of the cases is true for women. You have multiple best friends, right? Um, and you love them for different reasons. You have different connections with them. It's not just a copy and paste. You don't look for the exact same qualities in each of your friends and the people that you value. Right, you you don't appreciate and love and hang out with them all for the same reasons, but yet still the same, you love them separately, but you do. Why are romantic relationships the only exception to when we talk about love that I can only love one person, and because I love this person, it means that I can't truly love someone else. I don't at all agree with that. And I think a lot of people fuck themselves up because they're not honest about the fact that at some point in their life, many of us have felt that way. Genuinely drawn to more than one person at a time. Man, I know a whole bunch of people in relationships right now. I mean, married and otherwise, or monogamous relationships with people. And they're cheating, or they have cheated with people that they genuinely care for. And people, um, particularly women, will, um, will kind of move through the whole cheating, the, the junction of cheating by dismissing it as, well, they didn't really care about that person, as long as you don't really care for them. Why? Why is that such a, such a pain point, right? Because we feel like if you cared for them, it means that you don't care for me as much. And I can accept you just seeing them as a lustful endeavor, but oh my God, if there's something more than that, I'd just, you know, drop my whole world. But the truth is, most people that I know anyway, that have cheated, they've done it with folks that they genuinely give a fuck about. Very rarely is it just a, a one-off piece of ass. Like it's, it's folks that they've developed some kind of bond with, men and women alike. 
you know, um, and that is uh, that's something a lot of people not ready to admit for whatever reason that they genuinely have connected beyond just sexually with someone else outside of their relationship. Imagine, imagine the the drama that you could avoid by being honest with your partner, by by being able to say, I genuinely have a desire to connect with this other person and them being like, word, that's dope. Everybody not is not like that now. Let me let me say that this polyamorous lifestyle is not for everyone. I'm not saying that this is better than monogamy, um, but I am saying it is a it is a certainly valid alternative to what we've been conditioned to believe is the right way, um, the only way to love. Um, polyamory has been getting a whole bunch of attention lately in social media thanks to TV shows like uh, on Netflix you got She's Gotta Have It well Shorty's a a polyamorous pansexual woman in New York Um, you have you had some episode in a series of episodes in Insecure a homeboy and his his wife had a a open relation an open marriage right an open marriage is a form of non-monogamy um, I don't remember if they end up being if he was actually cheating or what, but um, I know that started a lot of conversations for people around me who wanted to, you know, who wanted me to speak on that kind of shit. And so that's dope. I think exposure is necessary. Um, some of the way that that particular thing was displayed in insecure, I thought was problematic and not necessarily painting. Um, it didn't paint polyamory in the in the best of lights, but. You gotta take the good with the bad. At least it was out there as a topic of conversation. But coming back off the tangent, I just want to pre- present to you all the thought that polyamory is not some kind of perverted form of a relationship. Um, just because it's not the the mainstream standard doesn't mean that it isn't right or is it valid it isn't just for someone to have relationships in that way um as long as there is consent and knowledge of all parties everyone's a motherfucking adult you hear me um you are no one in polyamory should be forced to feel like they don't have a choice in the moment where it feels like you're being manipulated or controlled or persuaded to do something you want to do you need to exit you really do um, you should always be in a position to where you know that you're here by your own free will. Something that Judy and I would say, or I would say to Judy all the time, is that I wake up every day and choose to be in this relationship with you. This is not a binding contract. We don't have land. Uh, we don't have kids. We don't have all these things that would typically bind people together. Um, we choose to be in this relationship in the way that we do. And so um, that's what I want people to, to recognize when it comes to polyamory or any style of relationship, really. You should always have a choice. Um, if you feel like you need to cheat, to me, that says that you don't believe that you have a choice. If you feel like you need to lie to your partner to be able to 
had a situation, this little side nigga, side chick, or whatever, man, you you don't have a choice, right? Well, you're not giving your partner a choice, really. If you need to do this behind their back, you're not giving them the the ability to make actions with informed knowledge. So think about that. I don't want to get all preachy and shit, but just think about that, man. Don't don't be a manipulator. Wow. This is just a beginning conversation about uh, polyamory as a concept. And if you have any interest in learning more about polyamory, maybe not even from, you know, just because you are considering adopting it as a lifestyle, love style, but because you crave knowledge, you'd like to learn more. Um, I'm going to suggest a reading, two readings, and, um, well, no, I'm going to suggest one book and a website for you to check out. So the first book is going to be called Polyamory in the 21st Century, and let me look up real quick who the author is so you can find that quickly. Um, this is by Deborah Annapol, A-N-A-P-O-L. Check it out. Um, you can get it on Kindle, uh, Google Play, eBooks, Bars and Noble, hard copies. You can get it at your local library. I, I rented it out from my from my library. Um, this is a really good book, I think, because it, it talks about a modern perspective of polyamory as opposed to like ancient practices, which um, you know I think a lot of people can probably wrap their minds around. Oh, this is an antiquated form, but no, this, this is a really good book to talk about a modernized form and some of the the psychological makeup and personality traits of people that tend to um, be well suited for polyamorous relationships. Um, the person who wrote it is a counselor or a therapist rather, and she has been in monogamous relationships. She's been in polyamorous relationships. She's counseled people for decades um, to practice polyamorous. So that for sure is a book that I want to put on your recommendation list. And then there's this website I want to recommend called morethan2.com. Um, more, you have to spell out the word two in the website. It's a really good resource. Answers some more of those frequently asked questions. Um, I will, on the next episode, probably answer a few more of those from my personal perspective. But just some general polyamorous basics, some tips, um, overcoming jealousy and things like that. Um, website is really good for starting that convo or just increasing your knowledge about the topic. So those are my two resources I'm going to leave you with. Now that I think about it, I haven't been on more than two.com in a long time. So I probably want to revisit just to refresh my own mind. Like I said, this shit is developing for me. This is, um, a journey for sure. I've, I've been practicing polyamory for since July of 2017 of, you know, it's when I decided I'm going to do it for sure. Um, but in the next episode, I'm definitely going to get into how I arrived at polyamory personally. And that's a, that's a pretty interesting story for a lot of people, mad drama and, (laughs) um, comedy too. So I will get into my personal journey to where I am today in the next episode. But thank you for joining me in this open space. Um, it's, it's good for me to be able to reflect like this and I hope it's stirred up some thoughts and some of you are. So thanks.
if you've stuck through me rambling and talking about polyamory for this far, I just want to say thank you. I want to thank you to give you a round of applause. Um, this is just me expressing myself and you know digging into just a, a portion of the conversation about polyamory. It's an important topic to me, man. It's, it's one of my core identities, for sure, to be polyamorous. And so this is obviously a very complex topic. I want to invite you all to submit questions to me um, that you want you want me to answer on this podcast. Send it to me on Instagram via DM or Twitter, or if you got my phone number, hit me up. If you don't have my phone number, don't ask for it. <laughs> um, really, I, I want to get, you know, I, I want to get to whatever kind of outstanding questions there are that I may be able to, to answer, whether it's about my personal perspective or things in general. Again, I'm not no motherfucking expert, so don't don't think that I'm a, a guru on this shit is all, um, at all. That's not what I'm here for. But I'm looking at the clock. It's about to be seven. Like I said, it is New Year's Eve. Y'all, we are ending a whole decade. Not just a year, but a decade. We are stepping into a whole new set of years in just five hours. Um, and I've just been harassed enough to step outside of the house. I was going to spend this bitch in the living room. But I guess I'm going to go kick it with some of my... Shout out to Five Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, by the way. Go mom. Blue Fire. You know the vibes. But I look forward to recording um, the next episode. I may or may not have a friend with me um, to discuss some shit uh, on the next on the next edition of um, Between Wreck and a Hard Place. That's crazy. That's a working title, by the way. I might change this shit next week. Who knows? Um, but thank you all again. Be safe going to and from wherever you're going, enjoying this uh, celebration and closing out of a journey of a year, man. We about to get into some new shit. 2020 vision. You know that head ass hashtagery that we about to step into. But I love you for listening. Peace and love. And when I think of some catchy, snazzy ass departure tagline, I'm going to do it. But for now, I'm going to just say bye. Bye.